Okay. And we are rolling. Yeah, so here we are again. So uh, I have no idea what episode we're going to call this yet. How about 1.2? Yeah, 1.2. We had a little snafu with the uh, the the episode 2. Um, not sure if we lost it or not, so it was some good stuff, too. That's uh, that's what stinks. Are we, are we recording this time? Yes, so. yes we are. Um, so. Had a little bit of a corruption issue with one of the one of the cards yeah so you know maybe we'll get it if we get it we'll uh we'll release that one so you know maybe we'll have two number twos but uh so but it, uh, what i what we can say is this is episode after the first episode yeah this is the the right. next episode right. so the next episode <laughs> so uh, unfortunately you're not going to get any of the good stuff that was in the uh the episode that we recorded so uh because I, I don't know if I can repeat half the stuff. Half Why the do stuff. so? I do remember one thing that I found interesting okay. was that Sears had a game system that was that's right that's that was right. able to play the Atari was it twenty six hundred games? Yep the the twenty six hundred. So it was uh, yeah it came out and um, and so Sears basically created well they didn't create it they didn't they didn't build it they just branded it Sears and along with Atari and then. Uh, there was three games that came out just series exclusive, and I remember for sure one was uh, uh, Submarine Commander. I don't remember what the, you know, what the other two, what the other two were, but um, um, I'm just I'm looking forward. I, I I had it up, so, but um, so, but anyways, yeah, we can talk about the, we, we the twenty six hundred again. I mean, I know we talked about a lot of other. Other things last time, but um, yeah, I think that would be good. I kind of yeah. go over that if it's right. if it's a repeat because we find the episode, then well, hey, right. Well, and then you guys can let us know what what we got wrong and what we repeated between the two, and then the you have twice shows. as much information. Exactly. So yeah, so uh, yeah, the Atari Twenty Six Hundred came uh, out nineteen seventy seven. So uh, before you were born, yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, and I was three, so. Uh, but um, yeah, it was it was released. Uh, uh, came out. It was originally around two hundred dollars, so it wasn't a cheap, wasn't a cheap machine. So um, and it know. didn't have a monitor with it. It was one of those where it was just you actually had to hook up a TV to or yeah, you plugged it right into your television, which was kind of cool because for most people it was like, well, wait, I could get you know these games that I see, Space Invaders and Space Duel and Pong and all that. And now I can play these. He's right in my house. I don't have to go anywhere to to see them, which was you know pretty cool. Plus, it had this concept of a cartridge, so you weren't limited to just one game or two games. You could put all these different games, and there was a you know promises of you know checkers, chess, uh, space invaders, um, you know space duels games. You know one of the famous ones, combat, where you just got the two tanks and oh that's awesome shoot at each other. You know, and then, um, you know, and, and the 2600 went, you know, games were released for it from 1977 all the way to 1990. So Yeah, you were telling me that. That's that's amazing. Yeah, so 13 years. Um, you know, I think one of the one of the last games released for the 2600 was uh, called Akari Warriors, which there's an NES version of Akari Warriors and also the 7800. So at the time the Nintendo NES was coming out, the 2600 was dying off. But, you know, they still created this one game. They created three different versions of it for the 2600, the Atari 7800, which was the successor to the 26 and 5200, and Nintendo had a version of it. So, you know, I mean, was it any good on the 2600? Well, I mean, you know, 13-year-old technology, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of things. They, they took a lot of uh, shortcuts when they, they made the 2600 because they... They predict they figured it would only last for about two or three years. Oh wow! Yeah. So and then they'd have another machine to follow on it. So they didn't worry too much about some of the, the corners they cut. So it was a, it was a low end, uh, a low end processor. Uh, you know, didn't have a, didn't have a lot of, of memory in it. Didn't have a lot of processing power. But they weren't concerned. They figured, well, we'll just get something out there. You know, we can play some basic games, do some basic things, and then. We'll just we'll just replace it. Well, it lasted for thirteen years, and you know even today you can get you know the Atari flashback systems and all that, and that's cool. Play the same games. So, but um, 
you know, it's pretty, you know, you think about it. I mean, that's, you know. It's a long time. Yeah, right? exactly. Because what's the average life of a game system now? Probably you know, like five, six years. Oh, you know, if that. You yeah. know, I mean, you know, you know, may, you know, Microsoft's done a little bit with the Xbox One because they've created the Xbox One S and, you know, now they've got, uh, you know, they've got another Xbox One. So they've got, what, I think three different versions of the Xbox One. You know, just, you know, one's got, you know, more expanded memory and I think one's got a slimmer form factor. But, you know, other than that, yeah, most game systems, probably four or five years at the most, I would imagine. So, and here we're talking, you know, 13, 13 years. And that 13 years just with, like, the games from the beginning, it was, you know, I mean, you know, the, you know, Defender came out in the arcade. Well, they created Defender for the Atari, you know. Um, you know, uh, Kangaroo came out in the arcade. They created a Kangaroo for the 2600, Donkey Kong for the 2600. You know, I mentioned Akari Warriors, um, you know, Xenophobe, uh, you know, um, you know, Zaxxon, you know, I mean, and, you know, and they had original games too, but it was, you know, they were, they were making, you know, they were making new games for it, which that's pretty... That's pretty impressive. I mean, there's people still making games for it today. So there's a whole really? whole homebrew market out there. I mean, uh, if you if you you know if you go to the site AtariAge.com, uh, they've got a whole store on there where they sell these um, uh, homebrew games. And um, you know, one of them that I'm I'm looking at uh, right now um, is called Turbo, which was based off of the arcade racing game turbo it never came out for the atari it came out for other systems but never for the the atari it was a sega game of 1981 well some guy just decided to write a version of turbo for the atari 2600 i mean you know i mean and then he's selling it i mean he's not gonna get rich doing it but but still it's just that whole novelty thing. exactly is that the same place that you had mentioned that there was a halo version that there, somebody made there is there is a halo version and uh, i'm trying to look it up right now You know, but yeah. I'm kind of curious. How? I know this is probably a stupid question. How long have our kids been around? Well, they've been around for a while because well, they started with pinball machines. Okay. And then Atari released the first stand-up video game, the Pong Pong. You so know. were they the first ones to the market to make a yeah. video game? Okay. Yeah. So as far as I as far as I remember, they were. So uh, they had Pong out there, and then you know other people over the years. But yeah, since you know the '70s. You know, they, you know, I mean, you know, arcades, you know, they came probably to their prominence in the 80s, let's face it, you know, with Pac-Man and, you know, and all that. And, you know, now you've got, you know, if you if you really want an arcade, you kind of go to a Dave and Buster's or, you know, Chuck E. Cheese, you know, some malls still have, you know, arcades, but they're kind of arcades with, you know, something else. You know, to tie in. Right. People. It's not... You know, it's not like in the '80s where you just you went to an arcade and it was just video games. There was there was nothing else. You know, um, you know. I mean, we you know we had one here in Racine until a couple of years ago. Paul's, Paul's arcade or Paul's arcade, yeah. yeah, which was the old Aladdin's castle in the mall. But um, you know, there you know, I you know I don't think you know you know I don't think people necessarily want to go to an arcade today and. You, th you think about it, you know, so you take, you know, you take a game like Forza on the Xbox, which is a car racing game, and you look at the graphics on it. So, you know, you see, you've got this Forza game where you're racing around cars on racetracks that, you know, because of 4K televisions or even just high def televisions, you know, the, the graphics are so real, you feel like you're there. Um, you know, I don't, people don't want to go to the arcade. Plus, you know, you, you'd go to the arcade to hang out with your friends, you know, and you'd all sit there and challenge each other the games. Well, you know, now, you know, you know, Fortnite, right? Which is kind of the big craze, right? You know, and, um, you know, Morgan, uh, you know, my son, he's, he's sitting there on a headset talking with friends from class. So they don't need to go anywhere to have that, that experience that the arcade had. Plus, you know, it's, it's expensive to go in an arcade. Right, you know, well... Some, if you weren't good, I mean, it's really some, expensive. Some of these games aren't that cheap, you know, but... Um, would you say... Would you say that the games now are the same price, almost same price point as they were back in the 80s? Like, you know, maybe like 50, 60 bucks when they first come out, or were they cheaper? No, they were... You know, if you, if you did the... You know, if you adjusted for today's cost, 
they're they're yeah they're the same so you know when people complain about spending seventy dollars on you know Madden whatever you know um, it's like well you spend seventy dollars on you know game yeah it just I mean it would only be like twenty dollars but adjusted for today it's sixty seventy dollars so yeah you're you're really kind of paying the same type of money you know makes sense so you know or even even the game system you know i mentioned earlier right that the atari 2600 was 200 dollars when it first came out you know well the nintendo switch is 250 dollars well in today's money the switch is actually cheaper than the 2600 because the 2600 probably would have been you know if it was 200 then it'd probably be like 700 800 dollars now well the switch you know is actually cheaper you know so the games are the same prices. I think the game systems have come down in price. Yeah. In price. So, um, you know, but you know, you know, when I bought the Switch, there was no there was no bundled in game. You know, whereas when you know when we got the Atari, it came bundled in with Pac Man. You know, or it'd be bundled in with Combat, or um, you know, you remember the NES and Nintendo yeah. NES when it came out, it had Duck Hunt and uh, Super Mario Brothers. You know, on one one cartridge and. Um, you know, I know Sega had a Sonic game as a as a built-in. The Atari seventy eight hundred came with Pulp. Is you know, you don't see that now. I mean, you PlayStation Four, yeah, you can get the bundle, but it's more expensive. But they work into the price. It's right. just it's not it's not a with it. You know, it doesn't come with it. Um, you had also mentioned and um, that there were was it one hundred and thirty games that first came out with the first. Oh, well, we're out at the same time when the first uh, Atari came out, correct? Yep. And usually, you know, like now it's maybe a handful of games that are out yeah. when the system is launched. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 amazing. I mean, now, now granted, I mean, you know, the complexity of the game is, well, I don't know if I would really say the complexity of the game is less because, you know, the, the programmers that Atari had, you know, they were, you know, they were programming on you know, basically new technology, this, you know, the, the Moss 6507 chip that was in the, the Atari 2600 was, I mean, you know, that was built for the, you know, for that type of machine, you know, um, so they were, you know, they were, you know, low level assembly code, you know, bits and bytes, zeros and ones getting down there to do what they, they could. And, you know, over time, you know, the games got, the games got better, they got more advanced, they got more complex. Well, whether it's a PlayStation or it's a Nintendo Switch or it's the Xbox or it's a Windows or Mac, it, today the the you can pretty much write a program for one of them and easily convert it to any of the others. So, you know, I'm not saying that it's it's easier now. I'm just saying that it's 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 the time to market is is considerably less complex. So. Makes sense because you, I guess when the twenty six hundred was coming out, you're you're trying to market that as like, hey, you want to buy this now. Right. People are waiting for the new system, right? Because they know what video games are. Yep, exactly. And you know, you didn't have the tools back then. You know, you th- you know, you can go, you can go now. You can go out on the internet and you can download uh, Game Maker Pro to your PC, and you can make your own game and have a, your own game up and running in you know a day. You know, well, back then, people at home couldn't write their own their own games. Now, now some of that would change as you know when the Apple and the Atari home computers and the Commodores and that that changed, right? Because then their computers came in home. But yeah. still, for like the twenty six hundred, no, that you know that was you know those were those programmers at Atari or Activision or Magic and all that. You know, and they had special tools that let them do it and. You know they understood all the the code and what they were they were doing you know you go out on you know you know let's take the iPhone right you go out on the iOS app store and you know you got games out there made by 10 year olds you know so you know it's just it's 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 different yeah not better but just different just different and that's what I think people get wrong is they're like well you know back then it was hard well no, it was new. It wasn't harder. It was just oh, excuse me. It was just new, and so, you know, where now, I mean, you know, 
you get a game, you write it on a Windows machine. Well, you can easily port it over to a Mac machine, or you can put it on a Linux machine, or you can put it on Xbox or PlayStation pretty easily. So it's, you know, whereas then it was like, you know, you wrote it for one, well, you had to pretty much rewrite it for another one and, and all that, so. Would that be the same way for, like, uh, apps on the phone? Same concept, or you'd have to rewrite it for Android-based as far as, uh, and as opposed to iOS? You do today because they're, they're, they are so different. So the, the, so, I, so I would say that that's probably, well, I don't even know if that's really true because you can use a lot of your assets, like a lot of your, your, your pictures and, you know, the, the, the sprites, the actual images and that. You can use a lot of that, but the underlying code, so the, you know, the iOS stuff is written in, it's either written in a language called Objective-C or Swift, Swift, which was invented by Apple. On the Android side, it's all written in Java, for the most part, the Java language. So there's, you're going to have, you. it's not a lot of ability to just take one and port it to the other. There's been some companies that have tried to write programs that will convert it, but yeah, you, you end up, you don't, yeah, you don't find a lot of people that just, you know, they write it in iOS and then the next day go, oh, I'm going to just put it over on Android. Whereas, yeah. quite honestly, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's not like, you know, you could write a Windows app and you can have it on the Xbox the next day because they're pretty much the same. You know, well, you know, I mean, they're both by Microsoft too, so oh, yeah. they both run a version of Windows underneath. But, um, you know, now, one of the interesting things, you know, you talk about that, I know we're kind of away from the Atari, but, That's right. you know, you, you got on, you know, on the Mac and on, on uh, Windows and on, on uh, Linux machines, you can run, you know, you can run Steam, which allows you to, you know, you know, Steam kind of acts as a middle layer, and then the games are written to run within Steam, and Steam does all the translations to the underlying operating systems and that's kind of a cool cool thing that if you, awesome. you think about it so you know you so you go out there you buy a game and you got a mac and you got a pc you can run them on both of them or you can run them on a linux machine if, if it's written that way you know it has yeah. to be written that way so but no when you know when the atari 2600 came out i mean you know here here it was it, you know uh you know first time people were able to take something home that had the ability to plug different cartridges into it you know and um you know some people thought they were going to ruin their television you know oh my god you know they or they you know they 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 didn't quite understand what the cartridges were and um you know it's just it was it was it was different and you know it it really kind of ushered in that whole home game system mindset that we have today where you know now it's just kind of given that oh well you have to have a game system it's almost commonplace right you know most people have it and you just you know you just you you go you get your xbox you take it home you hook it up to your television you get a couple games you you know you just you know you play away and, and what's funny is now it's um it's even commonplace where sometimes you don't even buy any games in the store you just buy them all online and you download them, you know? I mean, we never thought you are going to do that in That's, the early 80s, you know? So Yeah, because I can't even think... Because oh, I, I don't have a system now. Like, I can't even imagine downloading games because my last one was PS2, so... Right, yeah, you're a little behind. So. Just, a, just a shade. But, you know, for example, on the Nintendo Switch, I think we bought uh, four, only four games I've actually bought in the store and, you know, in the packaging with the actual cartridges... All the rest, I've just bought and download them, and you know, and, and they work just as fine. Right, exactly. So I actually, it's better because I don't have to carry around a cartridge. Right, exactly. Now, so, can you store it in the cloud then too? If you decide not to have it on the actual system, on well, you can. You the game can, but not the the save data. Not yet. Nintendo okay. hasn't fixed that yet. That's supposed to be with their um, Nintendo. Oh. I want to say it's called Nintendo Live, but I might be getting that wrong. I Is that the new system? No, they're online. They're online. Okay. So, um, like, there's Xbox Live, where you can have a Xbox account, and uh, PlayStation's got their Sony 
Sony accounts where you can keep your stuff online. Well, Nintendo's going to have it, and it's going to be like those other two where, you know, if you reach it, if you've got a, you know, if you're at a certain point in the game and you save it, well, that save data will be stored up in the cloud. So if your machine needs to be restored, that save data can come down today. If your Switch goes belly up, you lose all your game save data. Wow. You don't lose the games because you can download the games, but... But all the save, the important right. stuff. Why do you think it's taken uh, Nintendo so long to do this? I just don't think they... I don't think they... I think their model, their business model, just... I don't think they necessarily get it. I think it's just... I don't think they... I don't think they think that their game systems are going to go belly up. I think that's that's part of it. You know, whereas, you know, I think Sony and Microsoft came from a different approach. Um, you know, you also got to remember, Nintendo isn't necessarily as... They were never as much of a social platform. You know, with Microsoft, there was always, oh, you could play with other people. Uh, you know, PlayStation, Sony always had, you know, the ability to, to you know, put in gamer codes and hook up with other people. Nintendo kind of had it, but quite honestly, you'd have this long code that you'd have to type in that you got from a friend, which is a pain. So most people just never did it. So okay. for them, it's, oh, okay, well. Do you think it's because maybe they have all these memorable characters and games that they feel that they already have that built-in audience people are going to buy it no matter what? I think so. Okay. Because most people didn't even, a lot of people didn't even realize that you you know, lose your data because you don't with your phone, right? You get a yeah, just, you get an iPhone or an Android. Well, you can have it sync your data to Google or Apple, and if you get a new phone, you just download the data and away you go. So, um, you know, it was kind of you know after the launch, and everyone's like, "Well, wait a second, if this system goes belly up because it it wasn't even stored on the SD card because you can have an SD card in it, so it wasn't even on the SD card. It wasn't like you could just take the SD card out and put it." Oh jeez! In another one, I mean, it was, it was gone. Whereas Xbox has had the cloud save for save data for a while, and PlayStation has had it also. So, you know, um, you know, I think Nintendo. It was you know one of those where they wanted to get the system out there, and then they they realized later, oh, this is a feature that people. People, probably yeah, people want. might think this is not. Right. Well, you can save all your stuff just in case. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I would have even been okay, quite honestly. To me, I was, you know, I didn't even necessarily care so much that it, it saved it in the cloud. It was more just give me the ability to back it up on a SD card. You know, let me, you know, let me put it out on an SD card. Let me, you know, at least have it somewhere so that I can, you know, I can get to it. And, you know, and, and they'll get there. You know, I mean, it's. I, I think I'll, some of it, too, Mike, is, you know, just, you know, I, I think sometimes we forget they're just games. Yeah. You know, people... Well, you get wrapped up in them. Right. I mean, you invest, invest a lot of time in them. Money, I mean, for the system, the games. Right. And people have that escapism. I mean, I get it. Right. You know, and it's and it's not like, you know, the Atari 2600, you know, you know there was no save game. You know, I mean, there was, there's, a, there's like one or two games, I think, that used the you know what was kind of revolutionized in the nes you know where you'd get a code right and that code would take you to a certain it wasn't really it wasn't saving your game it was just that code would take you to like level two or level three or level four right and yeah then people would share those codes and you know like nintendo power magazine and stuff like that um you know but your game of pac-man was over it was over you restarted from beginning and there you, you know, went on Today, you know, people, you know, I just spent four hours driving my car on Forza. I don't want to start over. I want to, you know, I want to keep going. But, you know, games also have a longer attention span, a longer playing, you know, time frame. Because they're more in-depth, yeah. Right. That makes sense. You know, and it kind of started with Super Mario Brothers, right? You know, where you had the different worlds. You had to go through the worlds. Um, you know, and I think that's kind of where it started, that it was... You, you weren't just going to sit down anymore and play a game for like 15, 15 minutes. Now you were going to play a game for hours, you know, and it kind of changed the whole the whole mindset, you know. The Atari 2600 was very much a sit down, 
I'm going to sit down, play a quick game, a couple of quick games. Okay, you know, I'm done. I'm good and kind of move on, you know. Um, you know, where game systems that followed, you know, they started to get into more of those, uh, you know, uh, long play games, you know. And as the games got more realistic, they got longer too, you know. Uh, you know, you go from home run on the Atari 2600 where really you've got three fielders and one batter and, you know, there's not much to it and you can finish a game in about five minutes, five, ten minutes to, you know, RBI baseball on the NES where you've got real players and real stats and the game, you know, has real nine innings and different pitches and all that, you know, to RBI, well, actually it's RBI baseball again because, you know, it's the franchise carried on, but RBI baseball 2018, you know, where it's, you know, it you, you could play it as long as a real game because it it has all those things built into it you know and so gaming isn't gaming the the experience of gaming has has changed and you know on on the game consoles now on portable devices like a phone we're kind of back to that oh i just want something quick i want a couple of five ten minutes because i'm in between a meeting i'm sitting on the train i'm you know sitting you know you know, I'm sitting waiting for something. I don't I don't want a game that's gonna take hours. I just want something five, ten minutes. Well, that's kinda of back to where we were at. Where we were at, you know, just Except now you have the fall. save point. Right, exactly. Well and it's in your pocket, you yeah. know. You couldn't put the twenty six hundred in your pocket. You know? No, I mean I see that they have um, the games now like the uh, the Atari games for your phone that you can download. Um that is really cool. Do you think that that's the future of Atari? Are they coming back, or are they? Um, I, I don't think they're coming back. I mean, there's pretty much at this point. I think it's just the you know, the the name is, you know, the name is trademarked. I think it's you know people are using the name. You know, at games is is the one coming out with the flashback consoles. Okay. Um, you know, uh, you'll see that it's called Atari Interactive. I don't even remember who it's bought, who it, who actually owns it, but they're the ones, you know, coming out with games under the Atari name, uh, you know, and it's not just the 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 flashback games like you were talking about, you know, where you can play the twenty six hundred games or some of the old arcade games, but you know they'll even you know kind of capitalize on the Atari name, you know, Roller Coaster Tycoon is actually listed as an Atari game, you know, well, not really any, you know, there's not really anybody at Atari anymore. It's you know kind of just it's you know let's put the fuji symbol out there and name atari because everybody knows yeah what atari is you know so um you know i think that's just you know it's it's kind of like the other day i was looking i was you know at target looking at star wars characters and you know they've got the old school ones where they put the name hasbro on it okay you know and hasbro was the ones who came out with them originally okay. in, in the 70s and 80s and um, you know, Hasbro's not making them. You know, it's somebody else now. You know, but let's put the name out there because everybody remembers that. You know, and uh, you know, so I think it's just well, we're gonna put Atari's name on stuff and we'll sell it and we'll sell it. You People know? are nostalgic, right? Exactly. You know, I think the bigger thing really is the whole retro side of it, where people are bringing out their old Atari systems, and and not just Atari for that matter. It's People bring out their old Commodores and their, you know, their TRS eighties and, you know, their TI ninety nines and, you know, um, you know, the Spectrums. You know, all these old systems are coming out and people are I don't know what those are. Yeah, I know, we'll go through them. We'll go through them. <laughs> but these are just numbers and letters. <laughs> but I I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are going, Well, you know, these still work, they're still fun to use. Well, instead of just having them collecting dust in a closet let's bring them out and use them you know let's you know let's talk about them and you know and so you know you get people that you know podcasts and youtube videos and all that of you know what they've been doing with these retro game systems and retro computers and it's you know it's it's kind of cool you know and it's you know it's you know and people are like well you know you know they're just wasting their time. Well, you think about how is it any different than the guy who spends hours refinishing an old car to take it to an auto show? It's not any different. Right. It's, yeah. You know, and so, 
you know, you've got these gaming conferences, you know, Portland Retro Gaming and the Midwest Retro Gaming up here in Milwaukee. And, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, you know, so, um, um, you know, and there's there's one down in Atlanta and, you know, they're all over the nation where, these, where people come together. You know, sometimes they'll show off their systems. They'll let people play on their systems. The homebrews I was talking about, you know, there's homebrews on all different platforms. Well, they'll come show off some of their homebrew stuff. Um, you know, they'll show off, um, you know, equipment that they found or, you know, prototypes that, you know, someone got a copy of this and they can show off a prototype that, you know, all of us geeks that have been following these companies go, oh, that's really cool. Never saw it, but now I got to see it in real life, you know. And, you know, and then people sell it too. It's, 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 it's a retro, the retro gaming conventions are, you know, they're just, they're Comic-Con for the old systems. That's what they are. You know, it's, you've got kind of the same setup, you know, you got, you know, cause sometimes, you know, a programmer from back then will show up at one of them and he'll sign autograph copies of the cartridges or the discs or that he, that's cool of the games, you know, and, um, you know, or he'll, he'll have come out with some new program and so he'll be there touting his new program but what's funny is nobody wants to talk to him about the new stuff all they want to talk to him about is the old stuff so it's you know it, it's it's no different than people who are into you know into anything it's just yeah. you know yeah you know now is it harder to find stuff oh yeah you know I mean you know you got eBay and flea markets and stuff like that I mean when I started collecting the Atari stuff, I probably started, well, I started back in college and I could go to Goodwill and very easily I could walk out of Goodwill with an Atari computer, 2600 games, because they were all prevalent all over the place. You know, now, you know, if I want some Atari games, there's a couple of retro stores in the Chicago area. Uh, half price books in Milwaukee, but it's it's harder to find it. You and know? they're probably more expensive now. Oh, too. it is. It's you know, I mean, I I've got some games downstairs that I paid a quarter for at Goodwill that are going for fifty dollars on eBay. You know, and it's just and I sit there and you know I kind of go what, and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess you know, you know they're considered rare games. Well, twenty years ago, nobody you know twenty twenty plus years ago, nobody was thinking about you know because they were still relatively new it was just junk it was yeah you know, it was like oh wait we need a new system right you know and I I kicked myself over the years because I've I could have had you know some of the other systems that I've talked about and there's things I passed up because I'm like ah, you know two dollars is a little much you know and now I'll find that going for you know hundred dollars on eBay and it's like oh crap I could have had that for two dollars you know um, you know and there's things that I you know, uh, you know, certain things that, you know, I've, I've searched out and, you know, and I've found some of them, some I haven't, but you know, it's, it's kind of like a treasure hunt too. It's like, you know, but, um, what's, what's the, what are you looking for now? Can we, can we ask? Is it, uh, no, I'm actually, I, I think I'm pretty good right now. Okay. Pretty good right now. So, um, there's a, there's a couple of, uh, I, there's a couple more cartridges I wouldn't mind for the, uh, for the, the Atari home computer game system the the xegs that was the gray one that we had Gray with the multicolored buttons with the multicolored buttons so um you know but other than that like um, I'll, I'll admit it i keep a spreadsheet of all the games i have <laughs> and it's on my phone so if i'm in a goodwill or if i'm at a half price books and i'll look through and i'll see and if i see something i don't have i'm like oh yeah i need to get that so that's, uh, that's i do the same thing with my comic books yeah. i have a spreadsheet Yep. And Once I'm missing. Exactly. But, yeah, so, for example, like on the 7800, I mean, I would love to get a, a copy of it. It's a game called Scrapyard Dog. Okay. And so it's a it's a, it's a platformer like uh, Super Mario Brothers, but it was made for the Atari 7800. So, um, you know, but it's super rare. It's like, you know, you know, $50, $60 every time I see it on eBay. And I'm like, oh, I don't want, I'm not, you know, I, I do have a limit. So I do have a limit. But... You know, it's things like that. that it's like, it, it's it's even more so the hunt. It's like, well, the hunt. It's, it's for, enjoyable, yeah. Yeah. Man. You know. So what's the what would you say the rarest game for Nintendo is? 
For Nintendo? Or not Nintendo, but uh, Atari. For Atari? I kind of I was thinking Mario Brothers. I'll ask you a question on that in just a sec. Yeah, I'm not even I'm not even sure. I'd have to look that up. So I I know there's there's you know because there's you know because there's always been prototypes, right? And companies yeah. release prototypes. They sent them out for reviews, and then they never got you know they never got made. Um, and you know, and for example, for the Atari home computer game system, Junior Pac-Man was one of those. The game never got made. It was a prototype. That's all it was. It was a prototype. So, and people have gotten a copy of the prototype and they've downloaded the, the code and, you know, and you can play it, but actually getting a cartridge of it is yeah, rare, right? So, I don't, I don't know what would be the rarest game. I, I'm trying to think if I've seen, if I've seen that listed. So, I, I can tell you, if you, if you go to that site Atari Age that I was telling you, they list all of the games for the 2600, the 5200, and the 7800, the Atari systems, and they have a whole rarity guide. So I'm going to look up right now while we're on here. This is live radio. He's, he's looking up as we speak. As we speak. Uh, the rarity, let's go to number 10, unbelievably rare. Let's, let's do that. Unbelievably rare. E.T. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I didn't think about that. But, yeah, so there was um. So there was a, a comic book in, I want to say it was France, but I'm going to get it wrong. Asterix and Gaul. You ever heard of there, it? Yeah, Asterix. Oh. I love Asterix. Okay. So they came out with an Asterix game for the Atari. And I, I've seen it, and I played it once because it's just it's an extremely rare game and that's why I, I was I knew there was something I should have been remembering as soon as I popped up the list I'm like Asterix I'm like that's right the Asterix and the Asterix game is one of the rarest that's one awesome. of the rarest games out there so it's it's you know and it's it you know I mean you know obviously people have seen it and um, you know and you know you could download the you know the, the game image online and play it on an emulator but you know, to actually have a yeah, copy of the cartridge would be, you know, kind of cool. But, um, you know, so it's... Um, that's awesome. Yeah, so... Now, you had mentioned, and that's why I had mentioned Nintendo before, that the Mario Brothers were originally on the 2600. Was that the first system they were on? Um, I don't know if it was the... F- I want to say they came out kind of simultaneously because Mario Brothers... Um, Mario a pair Brothers of Italian out. brothers from uh, New York, right? Yes, yes. Plumbers. Plumbers. So, so Mario Brothers, let's just see when it came out. So. so the game came out in 1983. And I don't remember... I don't remember if it was the first system it was on. Because um, that would have been just about the time the NES was... Well, the NES came out in what 84, 85, so um, it was a video game first. So I know that. So, um, so it wasn't a stand-up. It wasn't one of the ones in the arcade. It was an actual, like at-home based game. Nope, it was a stand-up in the arcade okay, it first. Was yeah, okay. yeah. So it was a stand-up in the arcade, and then it was um, you know uh, adapted for the home, you know, the home video game systems. Um, you know, there's a version for the Atari 5200, the Atari 7800, the Atari Home Game, you know, the, the XE game system, uh, the, gray, the gray one we're talking about. The NES has a, a version of, of Mario Brothers also. Um, you know, it, it obviously wouldn't have been, you know, um, I, think, I think there was a version for the Apple, I think for the Commodore. Really? Um, ColecoVision, I think ColecoVision even had, even had one. Um, you know, if I got that wrong, people can... Can yell at you. People can yell at me. So, but um, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't say. But I mean, the Atari definitely would have been one of the leading game systems that it would have been on. Yeah. they were the big boys in the uh, in the field at the time. Yep, exactly. And um, so you know it. Uh, yeah, but it came from yeah, it came from a coin op. Um, you know, so it was in the arcades. Um, you know. And what was kind of cool is it was like, you know, you know, it was a two-player, right? So one could play Mario, one could play Luigi. 
You didn't have to cooperate. No, you could. I remember right. many a times jumping underneath you and hitting the ground. Right, exactly. You get hit by a fireball. Yeah, and then I'd put in joust, and I would just take him out with my ostrich. So yes. that was all okay. So it's fine. Yeah. So, um, but there weren't a lot of games like that. You know, not like, the not the fun multiplayer like right. That. You know, like Mario and, and joust. Uh, you know, Mario Brothers joust. You know, games where you could be cooperative, you could help, or you could just try to take each other out so you know it was it was kind of fun so yeah so 1983 wow yeah 1983 that's uh you know that's been a while so <laughs> a little bit <laughs> just a little bit so that is so. cool now the one thing is i will tell you though that it was it was not the first game mario was in because that was donkey kong yes that's true right yes. but it was the first game luigi showed up so his brother finally showed up so okay well, sometimes you gotta wait for those younger brothers to mature enough to uh, help you. So, I think that's a slight towards me, but I'm not really sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, you know, and then you know, then he came out in Super Mario Brothers. So, but uh, that was a fun game. I loved Super Mario Brothers. That was good. Yeah, and it came bundled like I, you know, yeah. like I said earlier, it came bundled with the NES. So, you know, the nice thing is you could take the game system home. He had something to play right away. Yeah, and it came with the uh, the gun as well, so you could you do duck hunt. Right, you know, and, you know, hopefully not shoot the dog. Right. So. Wait, didn't I'm trying to remember? Didn't Atari have um, a gun as well? Yep, Atari had the gun, and they bundled in with the so the gun would the gun would work on the twenty six hundred, the seventy eight hundred, and the XE game system. So there were light gun games for all three of them. Okay. However, the light gun only came bundled with the XE game system. Okay, so you could you couldn't buy the gun separate. Not 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 initially. Okay. Then they would sell the gun separately. So, but they released gun games for the Atari seventy eight hundred, but you couldn't buy the gun. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, but um, the the game for so so, Nintendo releases this Duck Hunt game which is pretty awesome. The dog throws stuff up there. The ducks come across, you know. Tari releases this game called Bug Hunt that's basically monochrome. It's like in one color. It's like some nasty green color that's on the screen. And you shoot these bugs that just show up. And that's the whole purpose of it. Nothing else, just the bugs. And then they had another game called Barnyard Blaster, uh, which you would hit bottles and then you'd hit other things thrown up in the air. Um, crime stoppers crime busters crime busters yeah, that's crime right. busters where you had to shoot the bad guys and then you would rode along in a car and had to shoot other cars um, there's another one called crossbow okay. uh, which we, we never had crossbow but crossbow you'd have to basically you were leading your friends your gang of friends you know one was a it was your classic gauntlet type setup where one was a wizard one was an elf one was a, you know, guy with an axe and, you know, one was a, you know, I don't know, a Valkyrie or something like that, right? You know, and so you had to use the light gun to shoot the stuff that was coming to attack them, you know, like, I, you know, and I, 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 I've seen the game just a couple times and to me, some of the times it looks like it's just a bunch of vultures trying to eat them is what I really see. Oh, okay. So, um, and I want to say there was another one. I don't remember off the top of it. There wasn't a lot of them, but... Um, so it was kind of like a, a failed. Well, it, not really failed. The Nintendo didn't really have many light gun games, either. There was probably you know there's yeah. like three or four that I remember. So, um, you know I think, you know. Uh, uh, She's looking it up right I'm now. I'm looking it up right now. So, looking it up. There's gotta be. It's gotta be a ton. Oh. NES Zapper is what they call it. The NES Zapper. The Zapper. So NES Zapper games. Oh, you're going to make me click on a... Oh, start gallery. We're going to start a gallery. Oh, nice. So, Chiller. That sounds like a... Oh, this this looks like some... Horror game? Yeah, I'm not... I, I'm not sure horror is what... I mean... Yeah, this is... Um, Disturbing? Yeah, this is. You're some kind of horror movie monster who kidnaps people and brutalizes them in your torture basement. 
shooting away body parts and triggering guillotines and other bloody tools with your gun. What? Yeah, I think we're going to move on for that one. So, uh... It does sound disturbing, but I'm yeah. slightly intrigued to want to play that game. <laughs> oh, and then... Okay, that's... And that was Nintendo. That was Nintendo. Oh, wow. Daydream and Davy is like a Western game. Okay, I can get on. It was, it was. It arrived in 1992, so it was. It was beyond. It was after, according to this, what I'm reading here was after, after the Super Nintendo was released. So it would have been in that period of time where people were releasing NES games, but it was. Yeah. Know, you know, it was kind of like you know. If you couldn't afford a Super Nintendo, you could still buy a new NES game, but it wasn't anything you really... Really wanted. Right. So, okay, let's see what else we got here. The Adventures of Bayou Billy. Now, that one I remember. That one I remember. So, Konami made that I'm one. I'm trying to remember. So, Bayou Billy. Yeah, so... Oh, yes, I do remember. Yes, so... And then, um, let's see. The Lone Ranger... I remember seeing that one for sale. I never played that one, but uh, the, that would be cool. Yeah. See, I would be, I would be all on board for a western type. So yeah. they say they say in this one though you had to switch between the zapper and the regular controller. So. Oh. Nice. So. It's another Konami game. So. So let's see. Um, gotcha. The sport is a paintball game. I don't remember that one. See, I'm not remembering any of these, Mike. I'm really, I'm still intrigued about Schiller. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't see the picture. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was a horror game or if it was something along the lines of BDSM. So, to be okay. quite honest, it was a little freaky. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, shooting range. I remember shooting range by Bandai. Okay. So, uh, what's next? Mechanized Attack. One of the last games released with the Zapper in mind. SNK, which SNK made a lot of NES games. It was adapted from an arcade shooter. Mechanized Attack is a fairly generic and by-the-number shooter. Targets bounce across the screen. Terrorists with machine guns pop up from all angles. You know, typical shooting game. You know, you got to have those terrorists and you shoot what you can. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, Laser Invasion. Konami's weird mashup of various genres only occasionally utilizes the zapper. Oh. No, this game's just weird. I'm sorry, I forget what I just said. This game's just weird. It's another Konami game. It seems like Konami like embraced the zapper. Operation Wolf. Like some Rambo type game. Oh, I want to play me, that. You put me down like a rabbit hole on this one. Yeah. So, <laughs> to the earth. It almost feels like Duck Hunt is what this article says, except the ducks are alien ships. Oh, okay. You know, which you'd zapper should be able to take out an alien ship, right? I would yeah. think so. That seems legit. Hogan's Alley. That's the one I was thinking about. Hogan's Alley was... Uh, uh, this basic shooting range game was as big as Duck Hunt at the time. It was a popular arcade game whose home port was a launch title for the NES. I remember that. It was one of the other ones. So you, you basically... Cutouts of gangsters. It was kind of like Crime Busters, but it was the NES version. I loved Crime Busters. So. I remember playing that all the time. Yeah, the bug one I could never get on yeah. Ford 4. Wild Gunman. That's all it says. Okay. Um, there, there's only 18 listed. And uh, Gumshoe. So another Crime Busters type. Yes. That's a side-scrolling platformer Barker Bill's Trick Shooting okay not seeing anything here that's really uh, making me want to Freedom Force <laughs> that just sounds amazing and last but not least Duck Hunt so okay. again there weren't that many there weren't that many and I because I I remember having we had Duck Hunt, of course. Yeah. And I had, I know I I had um, Ho oh, Hogan's. It was a Crime Busters type game. Right, exactly. So. I remember that. And um, 
So yeah, so I do remember that. So let's see what we can find for the Atari like gun games. How's that? Well, that works for me because I'm kind of curious. Cause I remember. Yep. So remember the bug one, which I agree. It wasn't that much fun. Yeah. So you really. Yeah. So the light gun. You know. So the, it was called the Zapper on the NES. It was called the XG One in the Atari. So. So here we go. We're ready. So Alien Brigade was for the Atari 7800. Bug Hunt, Barnyard Blaster, Crossbow, uh, Crime Buster, Meltdown, which was for the 7800. Um, and Sentinel, which was the only 2600 light gun game. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So not that. So again, not that many. No. Well, I and and you know you think about it, it's kind of funny that light gun games weren't that popular when, really, the Nintendo Wii. Yeah, it's a similar concept. Yeah, it's like point this thing at the screen and shoot at stuff and move stuff with you know with that. It's just you know I'm I'm sure mid eighties you know yeah here we're gonna give a kid a gun and let them shoot at stuff. You got you know. Because you got Tipper Gore, you know, and her, you know, her attempt to get video games, banned. I don't want to say banned, but basically banned, right? You know, video games were evil, you know, heavy metal was evil, you know, comics were evil, you know, everything was evil, right? It was corrupting, you know, corrupting the minds of the youth, you know. We turned out fine. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I'm sure that had a lot to do with the the light gun, right? Was more yeah, I'd have know, to agree with you on that one. You know, you know, you know. Now you look at it, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like, well, we can't give them a light gun, okay? You know, nowadays, you know, you go down, you got an entire aisle of Nerf gun equipment. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, yeah. you know, we just changed, right? Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's fine. So, but. Um, yeah, so you know, I think we've covered a lot of different. We we have. Topics. I did. I did want to touch upon last time if we can get that episode working because of the uh, technology. Sometimes um, you'd mentioned that there is a misconception about the amount of technology that's in your phone or the memory, as opposed to the amount of memory that was used to put someone on the moon. Oh yeah, that's true. That was a really interesting uh, conversation, and because uh, I didn't know. Yeah, so in that, and yeah, so back to that. So, you know, you, you hear that a lot, right? You know, well, your iPhone's got more computing power than, than you know, what, what put men on the moon in the Apollo. And it's like, well, it's not really true. It's, you know, it, well, I should say it is true, but it isn't true. Because it's, you know, if you look at the, the computers that were used in the Apollo, you know, these computers were wired to perform a certain task. And so, um, you know, if you had this computer that had to tell you how much oxygen you had remaining, that's all that, that computer did was oxygen. If you, you know, another one for, you know, firing the boosters to, to you know, on the lunar module to land on, on the moon, that's all it did. Um, you know, whereas your iPhone, well, it can calculate a tip it can make a you know it's a graphing calculator it plays a game it's it's a multi-purpose computer the reason for that is really all around microprocessors and the, you know you know the microprocessor allowed us to instead of having things wired where you know we made sure the electrical pulses flowed through these wires and then they they made decisions based off of okay if we've got two two here and maybe two here, well, then that flips this, and then we send the electrical pulse here, and or we send it here. Well, with microprocessors, you put all that technology together in one chip, and then there was that chip that, you know, you could say, well, you know, I want you to, you know, calculate these three numbers, but at the same time, I want you to do this, and I want you to do that. I could do it real fast, and it would return you back all the information you need, or you could say, use that information and feed it back in. Well, the computers that they have, Apollo, it was really just, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, they would input the numbers or they'd input the data by hand to feed that computer. And then that computer would just take that data and just work on that one thing. 
And so when people say that the the and and, and what's sad is I know I had a much better explanation on on the episode <laughs> we lost, but you know when people say that the iPhones, you know you've got more power, it's it's really it's got more capabilities, but you know that's because the computers on the Apollo weren't designed that way. They were designed to mm-hmm. to do one function to do one thing, whereas your iPhone is designed to do you know multiple multiple things. Um, you know, and so um, that's that's where I think you know um, you know people need to 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 realize that you know um, you know and and the other thing is is you know not only were the the individual computers and the individual things set up to do just one thing, remember the only purpose everything had on the Apollo was to land a man on the moon and bring him back home. You know they didn't expect it to do anything else well that'd be like your iPhone being set up so that all it could do is make phone calls well you wouldn't need all the screen and all that for what you have so a lot of the pieces could be taken out yeah taken out you know so it's it's you know it's it's different you know and you know and you know the iPhone you know just something as simple as the the graphical interface you know that has to be made so anybody can use it. Well, the Apollo, they knew they didn't have to worry as much about that because they were training, you know, three astronauts on how to use it. So all you got to do is you got to get three people to learn how to flip the right switches and press the right buttons and be able to interpret what yeah what they're getting back, That's... you know. Whereas, you know, the iPhone, you know, you, you it's not that easy. You, you know, you're letting anybody have it, so everybody's got to be able to figure it figure it out so it's you know it, it it's you know do you think that it was better that they had separate systems like a direct because it was basically just a direct contact instead of going through a microprocessor it was just like boom right. right there do you think that was better for the whole process because then if one system fails then the rest will continue or well, the, the nice thing you can do with a microprocessor is you could have multiple microprocessors and okay. they could fail over. Whereas, you know, you know, they did have fail-safe systems in, in the Apollo, you know, and, you know, you, you know, you know, watch the Apollo 13 movie and, you know, even despite what happened to Apollo 13, you know, it still was able to sustain life on it, you know, and they were able to, you know, but they had to, you know, move around certain systems in that, whereas... You know, with you know, if you've got a multiple microprocessor and one microprocessor dies, well, the other microprocessor can can pick it up. You don't have to build redundant systems. You know, you just got to be able to have that code handed over to that other microprocessor. So, makes sense. I it, it was more. It's what they had. Yeah. So they and you told me that, and because I I haven't read the book, I'm not too familiar with the movie Hidden Figures or you know any of any of that, but that the trajectory or whatever the the whole path was calculated by hand mathematically yeah and you know and so these these women sat there um you know they were called computers that's where the term computer comes from it's it's really around um you know a human calculating math they were computing totals that's where computer comes from and so you you know um you know and they they hired, you know, they hired women, um, you know, and, you know, you watch the movie Hidden Figures, you know, and, um, you know, and it's, you know, it talks about, you know, the African-American women that were hired to do the job, you know, and, you know, you know, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just African-American women, you know, you know, all, all sorts of women, but they sat there and they did this complex math by hand to, to help, you know, to figure out, well, what trajectory do we need to shoot the rocket off so it can make that figure eight? come back and you know uh, from the you know from the dark side of the moon and come back to bring the astronauts back and that's that's just amazing because someplace that they hadn't been right and to calculate you know that i mean because i mean if you're off a little bit i mean they could have been floating in space exactly or landed on the moon right and and people are like well you know some people will say well you know it's not that hard it's just you know you just take this and you you figure the angle and it's like well the earth is moving, the moon is moving, you've got gravity, you know, 
Um, you know, you've got all different factors in play. And do we know, like, specifically how grav or the lack of gravity would affect things too? Well, we did because we had okay. we had flown men up there. Okay. So, um, you know, and other spaceships, and you know, we had satellites up there, so we understood, you know, where that is. So we knew that as you got further away, the you know there was less gravitational pull by the Earth on you. So we understood that, um, you know, and so. You know, they also had to figure out, well, how much rocket fuel and how much power does your rocket have to have to get you out of the atmosphere, you know, and, you know, at what point do we lose one stage of the rocket and then when do we lose the next stage? And so all that was computed by hand to figure out. That's just amazing. Right. Especially knowing the technology that they had. Right. You know. That's, wow. You know, and, you know, and today, you know, now that's something you could do. On an iPhone today, you could do all that calculation on an iPhone today. So, so the iPhone is, you know, and and you know, and they, you know, you do hear and you, you know, you can read the stories and that that you know, in the Apollo mission, you know, and you know the the increase in the use of computers, you know, general purpose computers and calculating machines and that, you know, that that really did reduce the the usage of computers of human computers. Um, you know, and so, you know, a lot of those programs were shut down after the Apollo, um, you know, mission and that, and, you know, and some, you know, some of the, those com human computers went on to be engineers and that, you know, and, but a lot, <clears throat> you know, a lot of them just, you know, they didn't, you know, the, you know, they weren't needed anymore. You know, you think about, and the thing is, is what people forget is all of these human computers, they had college degrees they all had math degrees you know they you know they were you know you 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 know this wasn't like we just you know it wasn't like we got a bunch of high school students and said here you're going to add two plus two together i mean these were we would have never made it around the moon no you know these were <laughs> you know, these were these were women with advanced degrees in mathematics and you know they under understood you know math at a, at a level that you know very few people do today and even back then you know there weren't a lot of people that understood it at the level they did either and you know and so they did it you know and you know they weren't necessarily you know they weren't treated the same as men and you know and this you know the african-american women faced a whole nother set of of challenges and um you know but they're they're the ones that helped put the man on the moon which is it's just amazing the, yeah. the amount of just intelligence that they have and there's people now that have to pull out their phone to calculate 15%, right, you know, for, exactly. for tips. That's just... <laughs> right, and they were, you know, and they were doing high-level high, high level math that, you know, um, you know, and they were doing it by hand. You know, they weren't, you know, they weren't doing it on a computer. They weren't, you know, there there was no, you know, there, were, there weren't even calculators. I mean, they were just, they, they, you know. Did it all. Oh, man, that's cool. Yeah, I definitely want to see that movie. It's on my list of things to, to do. You know, so, but um, yeah, so I, I mean, we can talk more about that too. I mean, I know you know kind of. I know we're gonna talk more about Pac Man as well. I wanted to make sure to put that out there because this guy is a huge fan—not me, but my brother's a huge fan <laughs> of Pac Man. But there was one game that you did not like. It was from the twenty six hundred. I remember. Was it that? Oh, that, I that don't like. I don't like that version of Pac-Man. Yeah, we, that Pac-Man yeah, version we, is bad. Yes, we will not discuss that Pac-Man. We won't refer to it, other than as the game that shall not be talked about, because I okay. do not like that version, and it it should have been buried out in the desert along with the ET cartridges. So, um, but, so with ET, there should have been Pac-Man. Yes, exactly. What about Miss Pac-Man? That one's oh, good. Oh, Miss Pac-Man is good, and that's so, for the twenty six hundred. That is for the twenty six hundred. Okay, so. So I yes we we can we could yeah Miss Pacman for the twenty six hundred we could talk about, um you know and we'll, um you know and we'll talk about a little bit kind of give a little teaser you know when you when you talk about Pacman, um you know Pacman, Miss Pacman was not necessarily supposed to be, the sequel to Pacman. Okay. And we'll talk about that. There's an interesting story, about how Miss Pacman, kind of was a rogue, adaptation of the game. That was kind of forced to have to be the sequel, but okay. that's the whole story behind that we'll go through. Where does Super Pac-Man go come into? Uh, Super Pac-Man kind of a little little later. It it again was, it, it, not that it was an unauthorized one, but it was kind of just well, let's capitalize on, you know the 
you know, the success of Pac-Man. I mean, you think about it, even today, I mean, Pac-Man's still pretty popular. So, yeah. You know, and it's, um, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty cool that, you know, a game that, you know, it's just this little yellow puck. The original name was Puck-Man, but it's this little yellow puck that just goes around a maze eating pellets, gets a magic pellet or super pellet or power pill, whatever you want to call it, eats some monsters, clears the screen and just goes on to the next one. And, you know, in Pac-Man, the mazes don't change. I mean, it's the same maze all the time. All that happens is stuff gets faster, you know. So pretty amazing that a game with that, I don't want to say simplicity, but it really is. It's kind of a simple game. has made it till today. It's still fun. I can play it on my phone. And there's different versions now. You know, yeah. there's, you know, Pac-Man Championship and, you know, and there's all that. And, you know, we can we can talk about the cartoon series in the 80s, the Pac-Man cartoon series. We can talk about the series that's on Netflix now. There's another Pac-Man. Oh, really? Yeah, Pac-Man's Ghostly Adventures, I think it's called. And Wait till they make a movie. Yeah, uh, they're... <laughs> I'm not sure if there is a Pac-Man movie. I gotta look that one up. I don't remember, but uh, you know the Pac-Man board game. I've got the Pac-Man board game. You know, we can talk about all the Pac-Man stuff out there. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll that's cool. We'll we, touch upon that one. That's good. Yeah, we'll do a whole. We can do a whole Pac-Man episode. So that works for me. Awesome. So, but I, I think we're good today. So should we I wrap this up? I think we are. We are definitely. Uh, Definitely good. Hey, awesome! It was uh, it was recording. Awesome. <laughs> we have success. There we go. Cool. All right. Have a good day. We're out. All right.